It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the 12th floor of 50 Pin Place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK, welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am your gracious and very humble host, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode, we'll talk about the most annoying Super Bowl ever played. Why is it annoying? Well, there's an OU tie into it. And we've already kind of gone down this road before, but I will I will correlate the Super Bowl to OU season this past year. And we'll take a look ahead as to what might possibly happen under Alex Grinch. Plus... We all know that Tom Brady is set to retire here in a few years. Even if, look, I know what Tom Brady and and his wife are saying right now, but I think there might really be a chance that Tom Brady retires before the beginning of next season. Either way, there is a door standing wide open for Baker Mayfield to fill a gap that Tom Brady is going to leave and fill a gap that Peyton Manning is already leaving if the NFL just lets Baker Mayfield take control the way that he used to. In fact, I'll tell you why OU may have two of the three most marketable stars in the NFL coming up here in the next few seasons, and Kyler Murray. All right, so we got to talk Kyler Murray, right? Kyler Murray visited with Dan Patrick, and I'm sure by now you've seen the snippet where Dan Patrick was asking him about Pro Day. Dan Patrick was asking him about the Combine. If you didn't, we'll play that for you, but we'll also play what led up to it. And this will be day one of this. We're going to go back and play some more of this audio tomorrow, some stuff that you didn't get to hear, because he does talk about Jalen Hurts, and we'll get to some of that today. But tomorrow we'll get to even more of this audio, because it was 13 minutes long. And while that while that two-and-a-half-minute clip Gives you a pretty good idea of what the rest of the interview was like. I think it's important that you get to hear as much of it as possible. So we'll get to that um, today and tomorrow on Locked On Sooners. And then finally, um, why do we even complain about OU basketball? And ultimately, what does make for a successful season with OU? That's how we'll wrap things up. They play Iowa State tonight. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I am Eric G. I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK in Oklahoma City. I've been lucky enough to cover OU football and basketball now for five years. If you like what you hear, the easiest way to get this podcast, ask your smart speaker. Say, Alexa, play Locked On Sooners podcast. Or, hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners podcast. And, of course, you can subscribe at Apple iTunes, or you can also subscribe by going to LockedOnPodcast.com. So, the Super Bowl yesterday was just, it was awful to watch. And I say this as, as a Patriots fan. There were intense moments. There was anxiety. And I did have a rooting interest. And ultimately, all those things is the whole reason we watch sports. Is we have a rooting interest. We pick a team to root for. We pick a side because a side gets us involved emotionally. Well, I was involved emotionally from the beginning. So that stayed with me. But I did not walk out of that game 
feeling like it was a well-played game at all or a good game. Well, I guess defensively. Defensively, actually, I take that back. Defensively, it was a very well-played ball game, especially from the Patriots' standpoint. And I do take umbrage with people who say, well, it was just Jeff, you know, it was just golf playing bad. Okay, look, he's playing bad because I think Bill Belichick did a great job defensively of drawing up schemes, not just for him, but for the Chargers and for the Chiefs as well, and then the Rams. And he beat three top 10 rated offenses to win another Super Bowl, to win his sixth Super Bowl, okay? And the Patriots' defense all year long have been mediocre. And I've always drawn this correlation over the last few years of the Patriots to Oklahoma. People are like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, great offense, Offense is usually a lot of fun to watch, yesterday being the exception with that with New England. Defense, you never know what you're going to get. And the real Patriots defense showed up second half of the AFC Championship game when you saw Patrick Mahomes start to take over. And what gets me about this, and when I talk about OU, and and I've already admitted that this is unfair, But even with a subpar defense, you can find a way to win a championship if you have good enough players that can figure out a way to make plays, they will buy into what you're selling, and you can coach them that way. And OU has had none of that. None of that at all since Mike Stoops came back. And hopefully, what we're going to see happen here over the next few years, and sooner than that, over the next few weeks starting now, going into spring, and then right up into the fall, is that Alex Grinch creates a system that these guys are going to buy into. Where even if this talent right now is not as good as we think it is, and and, and believe me, I've got my questions about the OU talent. Um, I, I tried, I wanted to believe last year that the talent was there with OU, that there was this just really good defensive core, guys that were committed, guys that were holding each other accountable, guys that understood the system and knew how to play, and that it was just a matter of coaching, getting over them the hump. I'm not so convinced about that. I'm not so convinced that all these guys, whether it was Buki Radley-Hiles, um, whether it was Kenneth Mann, who, whoever, um, Kenneth Murray, that were, were really as good as we thought they were. I, I think essentially what you may have seen from the OU defense is guys have really good games. Curtis Bolton, Caleb Kelly included in all this. Guys that were having really good games, but they stood out because everybody else on the defense just wasn't that good. And we were willing to accept mediocrity because we just knew that the defense was going to be bad. And this is where... Alex Grinch comes in and has an opportunity to change things. And yes, everybody says it's always about the Jimmys and the Joes. It's not always about the X's and O's. It's always about the Jimmys and the Joes. Well, I think for these last three weeks, it's been just as much about the X's and O's as it has been the Jimmys and Joes with the New England Patriots. Telling me that, yes, good coaching can overcome mediocre talent. It can. It's just a matter of are you a good enough coach to make that talent believe that they're not mediocre? And Belichick was good enough to do that. I don't know if Alex Grinch is going to be good enough to do it. I know Mike Stoops wasn't good enough to do it the last few years at OU, but have but is Alex Grinch going to change the culture so much 
that these guys ultimately end up buying into what he's selling and go out and execute for 12 weeks and put OU in position to win a national championship last year where even if they're not the best, they just believe it long enough to win more than their fair share of games and come up big at the biggest moments. Speaking of the NFL, with Tom Brady on his way out, whether it's at the end of this year, which has already happened, or next year or whenever, the door is wide open for another NFL superstar. In fact, the door has been open since Peyton Manning left the game, which I think is very funny that the NFL still hangs on to and markets Peyton Manning. He's very marketable. But it's time for the NFL to step up and start using some of these younger guys in these promos like you saw for the NFL 100. Baker Mayfield got his shot. Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield, and possibly Kyler Murray, depending on what he decides to do with his future, could be your three most marketable stars in the league over the next few years. And two of them, that's amazing, two of them come from OU. Would have never thought growing up that OU would have had two guys playing at the same time that could have been the face of the NFL. Baker Mayfield definitely can. He's got that swagger. He's got that thing that just makes people gravitate to him. And even if there's a bit of an a-hole that comes out every once in a while with Baker Mayfield, that's something you can take advantage of. That's something you can sell. And you're starting to see the beginning of it. But the NFL needs to go full flat, full, full bore with it. Baker Mayfield is a guy that not only can get Cleveland Browns fans to buy into the Browns, but he's a guy that can get Giants fans or Raiders fans or whoever to start watching this team just because they like that quarterback or were, or even better. I would say even better. You always need a bad guy. Sports is so much better when you've got a bad guy. If Baker Mayfield can take on the role of the villain in Cleveland and start winning games against the Pittsburgh Steelers, winning games against the Baltimore Ravens, knocking off some of these teams that have been much more upper echelon than Cleveland is, now he takes on that villain role the way that Tom Brady did. Tom Brady wasn't just a good-looking quarterback for a long time. He was the guy playing the villain, the guy that wanted to stick it to you as bad as he possibly could. And the Patriots have built up this reputation that people can't stand. Well, maybe Baker Mayfield could build that up because it's a great thing to market. I mean, think about it. Mayfield's jersey was what? The number selling set, the number seven selling jersey in the NFL this year. Tom Brady had number one. Okay, so for all those that say that they hate him, there's enough that are going to like him out there. Mayfield could fall into that. Kyler Murray, I don't think Kyler Murray could really be the villain, but I think Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes play so, so spectacularly that these are the guys now. These are the new faces. It's just, is the NFL, it's a matter of just this, is the NFL ready to usher these cats in? This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. If you didn't hear Kyler Murray's interview with Dan Patrick, we'll play some of it for you now, and we'll ask this question, just how bad did Kyler want to be there? It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock 
deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily Oklahoma Sooners podcast. You're listening to the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The easiest way to get Locked On Sooners is just ask your smart speaker, say, Alexa, play Locked On Sooners podcast, or hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners podcast. You can also subscribe via Apple iTunes, and you can also subscribe at LockedOnPodcast.com. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyler Murray visited with Dan Patrick last week prior to the Super Bowl. He was uh, making the rounds for Gatorade, and I think I saw a Mercedes symbol on his jacket. I don't know. Maybe I'm imagining that since you're, you know, you're playing at Mercedes Stadium in Atlanta, whatever. But for the most part, Kyler Murray, Dan Patrick wasn't his only awkward interview. Kyler Murray was awkward on first take. Kyler Murray was awkward on get up. Because the question has to be asked, are you going to choose football over baseball? And he hasn't made a decision yet. And it can get uncomfortable. And Dan Patrick probed and asked questions that Dan Patrick should be asking to Kyler Murray. And it just didn't look like Kyler Murray was prepared to answer these questions. And more importantly, he may just not have wanted to be there. And I want to let you decide. I want to let you listen to this. This is some of... This is a bigger chunk than, than what I think a lot of people may have seen. Now, the, the whole interview is 13 minutes, and I don't have time to play the entire interview in one day, and I'll play some more of it tomorrow. But I'm this all leads with Dan Patrick asking Kyler Murray if the Oakland Raiders drafted him, would he essentially be willing to do what Deion Sanders did, which is play for the Raiders and play for the A's? which you could possibly do it for one year because it looks like the Raiders are negotiating to stay in San Francisco. Uh, But you tell me, you listening to this, do you think Kyler Murray was really enjoying himself? So Oakland Raiders draft you, let's say, just hypothetical. Well, I heard what Russ said uh, over the phone, you know, saying that he would, you know, he's with the Yankees, so he'd have to play for, like, the Giants or the Jets to be able to do it. Uh, If the Raiders drafted you, would that change anything about trying to play both? In my head, I, I would love, like I already said, I would love to play both. I think, you know, that's just up to, uh, that'd be up to, you know, the Raiders and the A's. Do you, well, who do you think would have a bigger problem? Oh, the Raiders, probably. Really? Yeah, I think. John Gruden likes you, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, have you talked <laughs> have, you, have you talked to John Gruden? I've not talked to John Gruden. Okay. I've, I've never met him, actually. Paul, bring out John Gruden here. Yeah, they said hello to John Gruden. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if he came out? Probably dab him up, give him a hug. That's it? Know, That's it? Keep it cordial. <laughs> Who else have you met at the Super Bowl? Um, a lot of people. But like, like, Everywhere I go, it's just like, wow. You know, because I, I mean, I was, I'm pretty young. So. Uh, Did you get autographs? I, I, I didn't. Uh, pictures are like kind of the thing, I guess, nowadays, so. Okay. Yeah, doing that. Did you exchange jerseys with anybody this year? No. <laughs> no? No. Soccer no. players do that, you know? I'd love to play soccer, too. But... Do you think you could play professionally? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, give me, like, give me a couple, 
couple months. Okay. <laughs> like, I give you three months to play. Work on the footwork and stuff like that. Now, if I can get an MLS team into Oakland. For sure. And then I got the Oakland Raiders, and then I got the Oakland A's, and then I got... Uh, there's one in San Jose, Paulie. I can make this work. I don't know what you got going in your head. No, no, right I, got, I got a lot of stuff going on in my head here. Yeah. You could be a three-sport athlete. Gatorade will love this. Yeah, they would. That, yeah. That'd, be, that'd be a cool deal. Right? Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. see what I can do here. I got you. Uh, are you going to the combine? I don't know. Well, wait, wait. Dad, is he going to the combine? No comment. Dad had no comment there. Pro day? I mean, that's after the combine. Yeah, are you going to do a pro day? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> yeah. I guess if you want to say yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. You can have a pro day. But I, instead that of. That would imply that I was going to play football. Uh, okay. So you're going to have a pro day? <laughs> When's minor, when do you report for the Oakland A's? February 15th. Oh, you knew that. Okay. So you're, you're ready to go to do that. Wait, are you going to spring training? I don't know. Wait, you don't know? <laughs> Dad, is he going to spring training? <laughs> Another no comment here. You know these microphones are on right now. Like we're, yeah, I know, okay. I know, I know. I just, I just said. All right. You want to talk about Gatorade? Sure. Oh, you want to talk about Gatorade? Well, right. I love Gatorade. Okay. I drink it a little too much. Yeah? Yeah. Cool blue. I'm a cool blue guy. Yeah? Yeah. You got a favorite color? I'm orange. You like I'm, orange? I'm, yeah. But I used to be old school. Like, like the lemon lime? Like Florida Gator type? Yeah. Thing, yeah. yeah. I'm not a Gator fan. I got uh, Okay. Oklahoma Sooner fan. Is that right? No. No. <laughs> Although I like Lincoln Riley. Yeah, he's a man. I like Baker Mayfield. He's a man. Yeah. They're both a man. Yeah. I grew up loving Oklahoma back long time ago. Long. Yeah, I, think, I think everybody loved Oklahoma back in the day. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were bad. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever meet Brian Bosworth? Yeah, he's always around. Oh, he is? Yeah. Yeah. He was crazy. Big guy. He was a big, big, big time star yeah. back then. Everybody, yeah, the forty-four. No. Yeah, the, the had hair, that jersey. The band, yeah, the bandana. Where would you have gone if you didn't go to Oklahoma? After like transfer. Yeah. Honestly, uh, Oklahoma was the best situation at the time. Yeah. You know, because Baker was supposed to have that year and then leave, but there was really I didn't really look anywhere else. And now Hertz comes to town. Yes, sir. What advice would you give Jalen Hertz? Um. Obviously, it's a new situation. I mean, he's been in he's been in tons of you know hectic you know hectic games, big time games. So, but now he gets to play in a fun system. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I think for him, it's just uh, <laughs> I think for him, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it, he'll he'll grasp. You know, it's not like he's a freshman. He understands you know offenses. You know, ours are probably a little bit different than Alabama's. But uh, you know, for him, I think it's just making putting it into his own thing and just playing his own game. All right, a couple of things to take away from that. One, I've never heard Kyler Murray be that awkward with the media before, especially here in Oklahoma. He always seems very comfortable, very relaxed. Even when you were throwing him tough questions, he knew how to divert in a way so it wouldn't it wouldn't be in a it wouldn't be in a situation like that where you felt like you were just probing to probe. And and Dan Patrick, I mean, first of all, I don't know how he carried that. 
for 13 minutes. And it eventually, when you're doing what Dan Patrick's doing, you get frustrated if you're not getting any answers, and, and generally you call it off. I'm just assuming that you had that time blocked out. You'd seen that Kyler Murray was good with the media, and then when you got him in and you realized he wasn't going to answer any of the questions you were asking, you were stuck having to plod the interview along, which is essentially what Dan Patrick did. And I give him all the credit in the world for that. It's just... The thing I hear in Kyler Murray's voice right now is uncertainty. And everything that I have been told, things that I have been reading, is that Kyler Murray is more committed to football than he is baseball. That's the first time I've ever heard Kyler Murray sound completely uncertain about what his future is and where he wanted to go. And... I would think by now you would have a definite answer if you were him, which I would think the answer is simply this. I'll see where I'm drafted. And if I'm drafted high enough for the money to make sense, then I go play in the NFL. If I don't like where I get drafted, money aside, I will just go play Major League Baseball. Which, yeah, by the time the NFL draft happens, you're going to be into the Major League Baseball season. But I don't see why you couldn't go to spring training and then take time off to go to the combine. I don't know why you couldn't make that work if you were Kyler Murray. But it just it sounds to me that he doesn't know what he wants to do at this point. I'm still, still leaning towards seeing him in the NFL. This is the Locked on Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, we will finish off this podcast. And um, we'll talk about what what ultimately is a successful season for the OU men's basketball team. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate. Save money and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. This is Locked On Sooners, your team every day. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The easiest way to get Locked On Sooners, Locked On Thunder, or any of the Locked On Podcast in the Locked On Podcast Network is just ask your smart speaker, Alexa, play Locked On Sooners podcast, or hey Google, play Locked On Sooners podcast. You can also subscribe on Apple iTunes and at LockedOnPodcast.com. This is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. OU men's basketball team plays Iowa State tonight, and I don't know if you'll get a chance to listen to this before or after the game, so I won't go into too much uh, detail about that game or even the loss to West Virginia this weekend. But what is ultimately a successful season in men's basketball, okay? For a program like OU, it's generally making it to that second weekend in the NCAA tournament. All you've really got to do in order to be successful is make it to the Sweet 16. Now, a lot of times that's 
easier said than done just because of the one-and-done nature, etc. But if this OU team were to make it to the Sweet 16, we would consider that a successful year. You'd have to consider that a successful year because the ultimately... The only thing that really matters or what you're judged by in men's basketball is what you do in the NCAA tournament. And if you make it to the Sweet 16, great. If you make it to the Elite Eight, even better. And then anything that would happen after that would be complete and total gravy. In fact, making it past the Sweet 16 should really be gravy with this particular OU men's basketball team. So I don't even know why we complain about the regular season. As long as OU puts themselves in position to qualify for the NCAA tournament, which I think that's the only reason we should be complaining about the season is if they're not in position to do that. And it seems like every time this team rolls out on the court, that just is more and more in jeopardy of getting to the NCAA tournament. But then you get the do-over with the Big 12 tournament. And I would think that a school like OU wouldn't even have to win the tournament if you were to just make it to the finals or the semifinals. It's probably enough to go ahead and get you into the NCAA tournament. But if you don't care about seeding and you feel like your team is good enough to play a run, if I'm Long Kruger, the way I approach the entire year is just to get you ready for the tournament. I'm not worried about winning a conference championship. I'm not worried about winning the tournament. I'm not worried about winning... Well, I guess I'd be worried about winning about 20 regular season games. I guess if that's still the magic number. And finishing mid-pack in the Big 12. So finishing fifth. That would be my only goal. After that, I just want you to be a good tournament team. Because if I'm going to the Sweet 16 on a regular basis, I'm able to keep my job. And eventually, people are going to want to go to the Elite Eight and the Final Four. But since I've already been to the Final Four, I've already got that. So I think the complaints, the criticisms, whatever, to an extent, it just kind of, it's just sort of beating a dead horse because all you've really got to do is just make it to that second weekend. And by and large, most people will consider your season a success, even if, even if you're a below 500 team, people will still consider that a successful year, which is truly amazing. But hey, that's the way college basketball is built. So I say coach and play to it. This is the Locked On Sooners podcast. I'm Eric G. That wraps it up. We'll be back to talk about the Iowa State game tomorrow. You'll hear more from Kyla Murray. And we'll keep getting you ready for spring practice. It's all right here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. And until tomorrow, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. And peace, love, and boom soon. You are Locked On Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.